the world through education. Each week we bring you a new idea, however big and bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host and my dad, Ryan Scott. Hey there, welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Um, as as I've told you before, my name is Ryan Scott, and I am coming to you live from Western Kentucky, the beautiful city of Henderson, Kentucky. And uh, this is going to be episode number, this is crazy to say, number 28. Um, never would have imagined, um, actually on my 40th birthday, January the 7th, when I started all of this um, rigmarole that, that, that we'd get here. Um, so I'm super excited to say that I have another guest from the big bad state of PA, Pennsylvania, that is. I have quite a few. Um, I've had two guests from Hershey, and now I've got a guest from McCungie. Um, I tell you, I didn't realize Pennsylvania has such amazing talent up there, but I'm, I'm, having, I'm, I'm getting to see that um, with all of the guests that I've got from that, that state. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my new friend, his name is Chris Stechko. Um, if you don't know him, you should look him up. He is the host of a really cool podcast that we'll talk about later. Uh, but also, he is a husband. He is a father. He is a teacher. Um, and I believe he's been teaching for 15 years. He is a thinker. He is a runner. Uh, as I said, he's a podcast host and he's a presenter. So without further ado, um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the Big Ed Idea podcast. Thanks, Ryan. I'm, I'm really excited to be on. And it's uh, it's nice to be on the other side of the mic. I didn't have to worry about prepping. I didn't have to worry about getting all questions involved, except for our two questions that we'll get to in a little bit. So it is nice to to chat from somebody uh, in Kentucky. And uh, hopefully I'll represent the state of Pennsylvania well here for the, th I, the third time, third time Pennsylvania person, I think. So right. uh, thanks a lot for having, having me on. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, I... Uh... As you'll understand, uh, podcasts are a lot of fun to do, but sometimes you're right. Sometimes it's cool to be on the other side. Um, I have had the opportunity to be on a couple podcasts. So, um, yeah, man, sit back, relax. Like I said, this is just a conversation with two dudes um, talking about something that we are super passionate about, um, and that's education. Yeah, it's nice to uh, to be able to have a conversation like this. I know, like when you connect with people on Twitter, it's usually with the uh, the written word. So it's nice to be able to to reach out and uh, have a conversation with you. So I'm excited to have that tonight. Yeah, sure, sure. And to all my listeners out there, um, definitely stick around because I'm going to give you um, an opportunity to reach out to Chris because um, I I think you're going to really like his idea. So make sure that you are paying attention if you want to take some notes, whatever. Um, but definitely towards the end, I will give you a chance to reach out to Chris. So, um, Chris, we're just going to jump right into it and we're going to go ahead to the two for two section. And as you know, if you are, if you have listened to, um, any previous episodes, this is just my way of modeling my sincere, um, idea. And, and I, I would say you probably have the same idea that you have to connect first before you can start talking about any type of content. Um, especially in our classroom. Um, but I've also found as an administrator, um, I need to connect with my people first before we can start talking about the, the pedagogy. So um, without further ado, Chris, I've got a couple questions for you. 
All right, I'm ready. I, and I have listened to a couple episodes, so I was ready for questions. Obviously, you don't tell the guests what they're going to be. So no. I do not know what the questions are. So I'm ready and uh, ready to hear what they are and ready to give you an answer. And I'll tell you, I'm trying to make, for the most part, all of the questions different. Um, just in case I do have that one listener out there that listens to every episode. Um, so my first question for you, um, what is the last band that you saw in person? Oh, man. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think. Now, if I were in my basement, I could go get my book of concert <laughs> ticket stubs that I have, and I haven't been adding to them as much. Uh, at having kids, it's kind of cut back on it. I'm trying oh, to think. That. The last concert I was at in person might have been, uh, I think it was the Counting Crows, and it was... I feel like it might have been like Counting Crows and Hootie and the Blowfish at the Allentown Fair up here and out. And um, we live right outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So I'm a huge, huge Counting Crows fan. Um, but I, I just uh, the concert that I've seen, per, band I've seen the most in person is the Dave Matthews Band. Wow. I have probably seen them over 20 times in many different incarnations, but it has been many years since I've been to a Dave Matthews Band show. But I'm trying to remember, but I think it could be Counting Crows, but I might be wrong. But, you know, I, I would love to get back out there for some live music, maybe uh, after all this kind of clears up all over. Um, but um, I, I love live music, love going to concerts and uh, yeah, so that's probably it. I'm sure I'm forgetting lots of different ones that I've probably been to. My kids are not old enough to go to concerts yet, so I haven't been to any like kids shows or anything like that. But um, I'm trying to think. It was probably something at the Allentown Fair outdoors, and and uh, and that was it. So how about you? What was your last um, live music experience? Last one. My wife and I got to see the Avett Brothers, and that was, um, man, that was a phenomenal. I don't know if you know the Avett Brothers. I do. I'm not like hundred percent familiar with their work, but yeah. I do know I've heard of them. They play in this area. Um, we have a big music festival called music fest. It's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And, okay. and they've been there a couple of different times okay. too. Okay. Um, I got to tell you, um, <clears throat> I am uh, a huge music guy. So the fact that you said counting crows and Dave Matthews is like, um, that's like, uh, that's awesome for me. That, that definitely sets you way up there. Um, I remember, let's see, I'm 40. So in high school, Counting Crows, their very first album, I bet I played that CD over and over and over and over and over. Um, <laughs> love it. Love it. So Counting Crows, definitely, man. Counting Crows was also my first concert. It was Counting Crows and the Wallflowers in Hershey, oh, wow. Pennsylvania. Um uh, that was, and I don't even remember the year, but it was an outdoor show, um, at that point too. So yeah. And August and everything after I was actually just in a, I I'm part of a several different clubs at school and they do like an icebreaker. And one of the kids asked the, the question was what is the, your favorite album or your go-to album? And I said to the kids, I'm like, you probably have no idea who this band is. You probably never heard this album. If you even listen to albums anymore, but County Crows, August and everything after was my album that that's like the go to like if we're stranded on the desert island yeah, right. might be one of your questions, but I don't know. Uh, that would be one that, it, that would have to sneak its way on there in CD or MP3 form. However, we're listening to music on a desert island. Yeah, that's funny. Um, not to get us off topic, but uh, I know at my high school, like all these kids are wearing 90s uh, music band T-shirts now. And my number one album would be Nirvana Unplugged. And I love 
talking to, to my high school students now, some of them that are actually into that type of music. So it's really cool to have conversations with the music that I was really into when I was their age. And um, yeah, we're old. So my, <laughs> <laughs> so my next question. Um, so this was a random question and that's kind of how I do things. But to you, what makes a killer sandwich? Uh, I like the bread, the bread. So I'm, you know, originally from Philadelphia. Okay. So, uh, our sandwiches are hoagies, right? Um, I don't subs grinders heroes. I, you know, they're all whatever. So I'm big on the bread. If the bread is good, um, then the sandwich will be pretty good. If this, if the roll is weak or it can't support the sandwich, then it doesn't really hold up for me. And I like a crunchier roll. So I'm kind of in the minority in my family on that one. So when we get sandwiches, you know, I give in and, and I'll get what they get. But um, if I had my way, it would be a different sandwich from a different place. And then um, if the bread is good, then that's, that's the thing for me. And it's usually rolls. So um, I know it's kind of a weird, it, maybe not the answer that most people would give, but to me, if you don't have good bread, then you don't have a good sandwich. And I'm not talking like whole wheat or, or white bread like that, whatever. If it's a hoagie, it's got to be on a good roll. And that's usually the first thing that you can tell part. So, so I, I'm going to be honest. I think it's very, it's very strange how well you answered that question. <laughs> um, you've put a lot of thought into your sandwiches. I can tell. Like, were you a sandwich sandwich artist at any point in your life? I I, I was not. Uh, my my teenage job was in a movie theater, so the smell of buttered popcorn still gives me Makes nightmares and goosebumps. Yeah, and cleaning the popcorn <laughs> off the ground and the smell yeah. of pretzel nuggets. But yeah, if it, you know, I have to represent Philadelphia, so of course, you know, I'm sure people are gonna think like, oh, cheesesteaks, all that other stuff. Like, yes. The, there's you know super popular cheesesteak spots but there's like roast pork sandwiches and hoagies like it's more than just the cheesesteak in philadelphia show um, them and, some grace and, yeah and we're uh, you know about an hour i moved about an hour north but you know you can't take philadelphia out of the out of the boy when you move out of there so that's i'm right. very particular very particular about certain sandwich things so that's cool. uh, so yeah so it's not like something that i think deeply about but that's you know number one thing is the role and then this this the inside stuff usually you can mix and match but the roll okay. is the big you know i'm i'm very simplistic when it comes to my sandwich um i'll tell you what make to me what what makes the best sandwich is when you put baked potato chips on the sandwich um like a good ham sandwich with baked lays in it i don't, I don't know why but it's just I, don't know. At, uh, I believe Bobby Flay um, started doing that like as, as his thing. He calls it to crunchify it. So yeah, that was right. like, kind of one of his things. So um, it is good to throw the um, the chips on a sandwich, you know, when you can mix it. Now, on the other side of the state, Pittsburgh, um, they put French fries on their sandwich. Right. That's right. from Manti Brothers. That's, you know, kind of close to your way, closer to your way than than it is to my way. But um, I tried that sandwich once and I didn't like it because the bread wasn't that good. So I'm sorry, Pittsburgh people, if you're listening, you can send all the hate tweets you want, but Primanti brothers is yeah. not my, not my sandwich because of the bread. Send the hate mail my way and I will forward it <laughs> on to Chris. Um, so, so my friend, Chris, what questions do you have to happen to have for me tonight? 
All right. So I was, I was thinking a lot about this because I have listened to some of the episodes. So I, I wanted to come up with two questions. One I have to ask because it's just the nature of what I do. But the second one, I'll ask the first one first. And okay. my family and I right now, we're in the middle of planning our summer vacation. I know you've talked about that on some of your episodes. And um, I like to ask people like, so if I were to go to the state of Kentucky or in your neck of the woods, what would be one thing that I would need to see from your area. I figured, okay. you know, cause we're actually going to go to, um, Savannah and Charleston. Oh, beautiful. Um, but we've talked about going out to like Tennessee way and yeah. Kentucky's kind of along the way. So if I were to go through Kentucky, what is the one place or one area that I need to go see in Kentucky? Okay. So, um, obviously Kentucky is well known for its bourbon. Um, so if you are rolling, so if you're rolling down through Georgia, you you should be able to hit a couple distilleries. Um, if you go to Louisville, Kentucky, which is two hours east of me, um, they have quite a few distilleries on Whiskey Row. Um, or is it Whiskey Row? It's something like that, It's but it's in downtown Louisville. Um, but where I actually live, knowing now what I know about you, the first week of June, we have the WC Handy Blues Fest. And W.C. Handy, who is hailed as the father of the blues, lived in Henderson for a while. And so we have a really big blues fest, um, and it lasts for about a week. Um, one of those nights is a Zydeco night. So we have, uh, like, uh, what is that? Zydeco bands uh, that okay. play on Thursday night with, um, we have red beans and rice that night, but some really, really, really good um, live music. And then it's right on the shore of the Ohio River in um, Audubon Mill Park. So it's really just a really pretty venue. Um, very small town feel. But um, yeah, I would definitely. So let's see if you're coming your way. So go down through Louisville and then take 64 over to us and spend some time listening to some music maybe get some red beans and rice on Thursday night. Um, I'll tell you, I'll take you to my buddy. He owns a brewery here in town. Um, we could go there and have a couple pints and, um, and then I'll take you to rock house pizza, which is right on the river and they have some amazing strombolis. So I just planned it out. You're welcome. <laughs> so on the road, when the, the road trip, the podcast road trip, so, uh, if, you know, if you're going through your neck of the woods, there you go. You just laid it all out. It sounds pretty cool. Now, I don't know if my family would be on board, especially with a, with a trip to a festival like that, but, um, I would go, so, How old are your kids? but it sounds pretty cool. My kids are, they'll be, uh, 13, uh, 10 and seven. So oh, okay. Okay. we got, yeah, going, going into eighth grade next year, we'll be going into eighth grade, into sixth and into, uh, into the third. Okay. So, okay. all right. My friend. So, yeah. Sounds good. And then uh, my second question now on my podcast, it's called the ninth grade experience, uh, which we'll get into a little bit here, but I ask every guest that comes on for the first time, I ask them this question. And, uh, I guess since I'm, I'm an away guest here, but I'm going to try to make it into a home game for me here. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you the question that yeah, I ask every guest that comes on to my podcast, um, to describe your ninth grade experience. And that's kind of how I, like you're trying to do the two for two here, how I try to establish a little rapport is to ask whether it's a student, whether it's an adult, uh, I ask a little bit about their ninth grade experience. So I always tell the adults the same thing. You never have to mention where you went to school 
and you never have to mention the year it's in, uh, just cause you, you might not want to date yourself, but you already said you were 40. So we kind of know the approximate time frame that yep. if you're, if you're like me, uh, ninth grade was 1995. Right. 19- so that's kind of the ballpark we're looking for, but what do you remember about your ninth grade experience? Hey, okay. so man, I, you know, obviously I think you've listened to a couple of my episodes. So, you know, like, um, uh, I had some years in my life that weren't awesome. And, uh, my ninth grade year from what I can remember is really when things started to go downhill for me. Um, I started playing select soccer in a other town in eighth grade. Um, so I was introduced to some people outside of the town and introduced to some things that, uh, probably shouldn't have been doing. And my freshman year, I really felt like that's when I started ramping up and I started to change from um, a really naive middle school boy to a freshman that knew way too much about drugs and alcohol and um, other things like that. And so my freshman year was really a transition year. Um, I remember I still have had many of my old friends that didn't go down that path, but then I also had my new crowd and I can, I can really remember really, really remembering wrestling with the fact, do I stay with the old crowd? Do I go with the new crowd? Um, at that time I was in band. Um, I played the trumpet in the marching band and I can remember thinking, this is not cool. This is stupid. I don't want to hang out with these people. And so you know, like I said, that was really the time where I, I, it, it could have went two ways. So I could have went the way that I ended up going, or I could have reeled it back in and who knows what would have happened. Um, but, you know, if I hadn't went the, the path that I did, I wouldn't be standing here or sitting here in front of you today. So, um, but I think ninth grade is a very pivotal year for a lot of kids. So I really like this question. And I appreciate you sharing that. And it's, it's funny. One of the things that I always mention to the guests is that it's pretty awesome how as adults, you know, we, we get older and forget some things, but usually everyone can pull like some sort of like ninth grade memory, whether it's a, a, you know, overcoming adversity or the club that you were a part of, or the organization that you were in. And really, I think like when I decided to do this two years ago, that was kind of like the common theme. It was like trying to figure out what can connect kind of everybody. And, you know, I would say that 99.9% of the people in the United States have to get through ninth grade at this point. Like there's very few people that don't make it. So I think it's one of those like things that we all kind of have in common. And like you said, like there's a lot of times when we can go one way, we can go the other way. And then it's kind of just like, you know, luck of the draw, how we wind up or what we do. So, you know, and I've, I remember from some of your episodes previous, like some of the stories you've told and how you arrived to where you are today. And, right. and it's kind of like these things shape us and shape the, you know, the educators that we become and, and, you know, parents that we become and, you know, fathers and, and everything else that we become. So I think it's always kind of cool to kind of circle back around on that. And then, you know, when you have students explain their ninth grade year, kind of like, Oh Yeah gives it a little bit like when they're in it and living in the moment, it kind of gives them a, a, a pretty neat perspective on like what's going on. So, you know, it's a kind of a, 
this is the way I like to kind of get guests involved and engaged. And then usually we talk about like other things that relate to their ninth grade year as well too. And then kind of like if it shaped what they did later and maybe that will come up later in our conversation as well too. So, so I'm glad, uh, I don't, I don't think you got that question before as one of your questions. No, that's so, a good you know, one, man. I knew, I knew that was going to be my ace in the hole. Cause I had like, I can't imagine anyone's going to ask you about no. your ninth grade year. So, no, no. Um, so while we are actually, while we're on that topic, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about your podcast first. So first, sure. like, what is the name of it? Uh, what is its intention? And then where can we find it? Okay. So my, the podcast is called ninth, the, the ninth grade experience. So it's ninth, the number nine TH great experience. Uh, you can find it on the web. It's www.ninthgradeexperience.com. And uh, the point behind it was two years ago. Um, kind of, this will also answer one of your questions. You usually ask like, how did you get into teaching? So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll go on the backstory here. So, uh, I didn't, uh, education was not my first career. Um, it was not something that I ever really wanted to do going through high school and going through college. I was a journalism major in my undergraduate at the university of Maryland at college park. Um, I wanted to be the next great sports writer. I was working all through college to do that. You know, I was, I worked in the sports relations, media relations office. I wrote for the student newspaper. I interned at sports illustrated for kids in New oh, York wow, city. Cool. Um, you know, that was the goal. I actually almost took a job. Now I'm trying to remember where it was. I interviewed for it over the phone. It was somewhere in Kentucky. It was near Cincinnati. And uh, they were at that point paying a, a yearly salary that was less than if I would have worked part-time at a local grocery store. So I did not go there. Yeah. Um, good. Good. So probably a, probably a good decision. <laughs> so I wrote for two years at a, at a local paper in Westchester, Pennsylvania yeah. called the daily local news. I worked, um, high school sports, college sports, did a little of the pro, like very little of pro stuff, um, re related to the Philadelphia Eagles at the time when they were actually on their runs to the super bowl. So it was pretty cool. Um, and then two years after that, I just decided like, uh, my, my, girlfriend, now wife at the time, we were having a conversation about what kind of life we wanted to live. And what I wanted to do was all nights and weekends. And when you're having a family nights and weekends are kind of like the time where you need to be around. Yeah. So, um, I decided to go into education as like my second career choice. Um, I always had a thing for wanting to help people. And, um, I went into special education. I got a, I got my initial certification, and my master's degree from Lehigh University and um, started teaching right there, like there afterwards. So that's kind of how I got into education. And I've been teaching uh, learning support or special education for about for this is my 15th year now. Um, but to all the way, circle all the way back around to your question. So why did I do the podcast? It's at the time when I started it two years ago, I, I wanted to get back into doing what I love, which was talking to people putting it on to recording and trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, so I had this idea and I, I uh, proposed a, gr uh, proposed a, uh, a grant to the, our local education authority um, or our education foundation who funded a thousand dollar grant for me. And I bought all sorts of cool equipment. And um, two years before I got denied because I didn't have a good enough plan. Like I just was like, I want to start a podcast. And that was all I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then two years later, I kind of zeroed in on this ninth grade idea and um, to try and tell the story of students transitioning from eighth to ninth grade 
and uh, to really kind of give that background. Um, and like kind of what we talked about earlier, it's just kind of like a, a pivotal year for transition and to get them ready for the high school. So um, in May, actually, we're recording it on May 16th, but May 17th of 2019 was the first three episodes Very that I released. Cool. So when we were communicating, I told you I would be having my two-year anniversary birthday right around this time. So it's kind of cool to be on somebody else's podcast around that time. And actually we just recorded our 70th episode. So you talked about your, this will be 28. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So 70 is a, it's a good haul, but what we try to do is we try to focus uh, to have students tell their story in their own words. And then we also like to hear from people that work in our building or around the country that work with ninth graders and what can they do to help and support ninth graders, tell their stories, um, I've talked to a couple like national experts on, you know, ninth grade and some other stuff like that. And we're focused. We had some of our alumni from our high school on talking about their ninth grade experience and what that meant for them and going forward. So we're really just trying to like help students understand that while it's a tough year and this year was unlike any other ninth yeah. grade year for them, it's just one of those things where everybody goes through it. So how do we help each other get through it the best we can and get them to understand that they're not alone. Like everyone is struggling through this process together. Um, whether you're a A level, honors level, you know, rock star in the classroom, or somebody that's just scraping by, or somebody that doesn't like coming to school. There's so many different, you know, we have a student, we have a population of 2,800 kids at our high school. So 700 freshmen, you know, not all of them love school, not all of them want to be there. So we're trying to reach, you know, 700 different people coming through the building. So um, it's, it's been interesting. We've gotten a lot of cool stories, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit, just kind of focusing on like some of the things that we've heard and some of the successes, but that was kind of the, the meaning behind it, why we did it and kind of where, where we are right now. Man, that's very cool. It's a very, um, it's a very nichey um, spot, a very niche podcast. Um, but I really love that you're giving voice to these kids. Um, your freshman year, definitely, um, as a high school guide, freshmen are different. Um, freshmen are different, and you definitely see a lot of mature, a lot of kids mature from that freshman year to that senior year. Um, it's uh it's pretty crazy like even from the beginning of the freshman year to the end of the freshman year yeah. in a nor in a normal year like we always tell the kids like if you're the same person when you walk in the beginning of your freshman year and the end of your freshman year then something is not something is not right like yeah. not like that you're doing something wrong but just like the progression you make the responsibility that you take on those kinds of things so we see that progression and it comes through and in lots of different ways not to mention that sometimes they're you know little guys and then they're big guys by the end of their ninth grade yeah, year right. or, or right. their voices get a little bit deeper or right. whatever it is but um you know, there's lots of changes during that ninth grade year that happen that are, it's pretty cool to see as somebody that works primarily with ninth grade students. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. So to all of those, any of my listeners out there, if you have, um, you know, anything of value or, or, you know, do you just have some ideas you want to shoot, uh, Chris's way, please do that. Um, and I know, um, you know, anybody out there that maybe at our, at our high school, we've been toying with this idea for a freshman Academy. So, if anybody that's out there listening that uh, do something similar to that, reach out to me, reach out to Chris, because I'd love to know about it. I'd love to see and hear what you do about it. Um, so, Chris, let's go ahead and jump in 
to the meat of this podcast, uh, which is that big ed idea. Um, before we can talk about the idea, we got to know what problem. So tell me and tell the listeners, what is the problem in education that um, I guess your idea hopes to alleviate? So, so what I'm, what I wanted to talk about is just that, like, how do we transition students from middle school to high school and how do we get them to feel a part of, of that ninth grade experience? It's like what I devote my podcast to, I teach ninth graders and it's just kind of trying to figure out. And I know there are lots, you, you mentioned in academies and all sorts of stuff, people are doing things all over the country, which are, are pretty successful, but it's just that the big, the big idea or the big challenge is how do we get students to feel comfortable transitioning into high school so that they can hit the ground running and then kind of move forward and, you know, dictate their own career path or their own path instead of having to, you know, depend on other people to dictate it as well too. So that's kind of the big, the big picture. And that's kind of what we hope to, you know, talk about on the podcast and, you know, kind of what I do in my, quote day job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we try to help, when we help students, you know, try to deal with all the different things about being a ninth grader and going through that. Yeah. All of those transition years um, are really tough, especially if you transition from one building to a completely different building. Um, oftentimes those two buildings might have totally different cultures. Um, they might support their students completely different. Um, I know from where I was, um, I was in an elementary school where we did a really wonderful job of loving on our kids, making sure our kids felt valued. And then they went to the big bad middle school and it just wasn't the same. Um, not that it was bad, but a lot of our kids didn't do very well because they didn't get the level of support that they got at the elementary. And I've seen kind of the same thing, um, kids in a middle school. Um, you know, some principals of a middle school really treat the middle school um, kind of a, as an extenuation, um, an extension of the elementary. So they try to do as much loving and nurturing and caring. But then those students might leave from that one and go to a high school where that's not the truth. You know, that's not the, the case. Um, so I am very interested. And so let's just jump into this idea. Like, like, what's your idea? How are we going to how are we going to get kids to transition? So one of the things that like um, I work with different people, so I'm, I co-teach as well. And one of the things we always talk about is that we always have to remember that they're, they're ninth graders first. And, you know, it's really important to know, yes, we have to focus on the academics. Like that's a given We're we're teachers, we're educators. So obviously we want to focus on that, but we also have to remember too, that like, like you were saying, like, we don't get to pick and choose where the students come from. So we have to basically like uh, build them up break them down to build them up. So we get them at ninth grade and we have to like, we can't assume that they know how to do any, like lots of stuff. And this year has been a real eye opener for, you know, as students have come in, our district has been, for the most part, we've been hybrid for the entire year. We did start the year in remote. So not only were students coming into ninth grade, just normally it's, they're coming in and they have to be adapted at a whole different skill set of like, you know, on like self, self-advocacy. They had to be time management. They had to be good at, you know, organization. They had to be good at all these different, like for them, (laughs) which is of course. Yeah. And it's like all the different quote, soft skills that sometimes as, as high school teachers and high school, just work people that work in high school, we assume that they come in with it. It's like, well, the middle school taught them that. 
So they should be ready to go. And, no. you know, it's one of those things where they probably did learn it. And it's one of the cool things about where I'm at is that I have um, current, a current seventh grader, a current fifth grader and a current second grader in the district. So oh, yeah. the same district that I teach in. So I know what they're doing. So like when a student comes up and says, well, we never learned that. And I'm like, well, I know that in Baloney. fifth grade you do this <laughs> and in second grade you did this and in yeah. seventh grade you do this. So it's kind of interesting to be able to have that conversation with them as well too. But again, it's just kind of focusing on the students as people first and, you know, the buzzword of the, you know, if you had the education buzzword of the year here, like social emotional learning. And I know that's, I think you've had a couple episodes related to those kinds of topics, but like when we're talking about ninth graders, we're dealing with like social emotional learning to the 10th power because yeah, sure. they're dealing with, you know, they're dealing with all their own changes. They're dealing with the, at, you know, coming into a high school, they're dealing with all these different things. So, you know, giving students, um, one of the, the people that I've had on my podcast and her book's awesome. Her name's Jessica Leahy. Um, and her book is called the gift of failure. And it's just one of those things where like, um, students just don't understand, like, especially at the high school level, like they can fail, like it's really hard and, and no educator wants to be like, have students failing, but like, they just don't understand that. Like if their, their actions might not have a consequence, like they just don't get it. And I'm not advocating that students fail, but one of the things that's in her book is like, to use that as an experience, a learning experience or a teaching tool. Like we're not burying kids because they failed. It's like, well, how can we help you then to learn the skills that you didn't have? Or how can you help kids adjust to the rigors of, you know, uh, more classes or harder classes or needing to do more work at home? So it's just really like my big thing is just trying to meet students where they're at and then trying to help them be successful. Like as a special education teacher, like I deal with students that have maybe deficits in like those areas. And we're trying to get them to just work on those and, and whatever skills that they have and kind of really highlighting the things they're good at and then kind of helping supplement the things that they need supports with. So, you know, it would be nice. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I, I kind of am jealous of teachers sometimes that, get to teach like the high level classes um, because the students come in and they learn and they do awesome. And they're then motivated. I have, yeah, they're motivated. And then I have students and, and I'm not saying that they're not, but it's like, we're, we're teaching them how to be students first. Yes. And then we're teaching them the content. And I mm -hmm. think if we focus on all students, cause I think there are students that even at that high level that struggle with time management. Like how do I prepare of, for yes. four honors classes and I play a sport and I'm um, in this club and yeah. that club and yeah, the like working jobs. So it's, there's a lot to unpack, especially in that ninth grade year. And it kind of sets, like you were saying, sets the stage for where they're going to go and how they interact and, you know, uh, for our school, like going to like a technical school that usually yeah. they can start in ninth grade, but a lot of times yeah. they go in 10th grade and they have to have those skills when they go up there. So it's just really reinforcing to them. Like the ninth grade year is important and it's important for lots of different reasons, not just because it goes on your transcript, which is true, but like it sets the tone for kind of how you approach the rest of high school and then kind of building on those skills. No, I think, I think you're exactly right. I think yeah, like you're like you're like you're saying, um, your freshman year is is in a way, um, it's kind of like your kindergarten year. Um, you're kind of learning, you're kind of getting your your feet wet into this whole secondary um, education system. Um, you're kind of you know you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, 
you know, you get to freshman year and now all these people start asking you, at least here in Kentucky, what pathway are you going to be in? Um, and then people start asking you, okay, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? And you're like, <laughs> hold on, I'm a freshman. I've still got four more years, but people don't really care. They're going to keep asking you. And kind of like you said, a lot of these kids are, are what, 13, 14 years old. Um, they definitely don't have time management skills. They, a lot of them can't, um, don't have the, what am I trying to say? The wherewithal to regulate emotions sometimes. Um, so it's really, you're caught between these two worlds. Yeah. So and you, it's one, and one of the things is like, it's, I'm not trying to deflect blame away from the students, but like literally like the science says their brains aren't even beginning to form those until like 15, 16, 17 yeah. years old. So here yeah. we're, we're taking students, we're throwing them into a brand new environment. We're expecting them to act like they're basically young adults. And I had, it was funny. I had a parent say that to me early in the school year this year. They're like, you're expecting my son <laughs> to be like a young adult. And I'm like, you're right. We are <laughs> like, I couldn't, there was no better I didn't have a clever response. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what we're expecting. And yeah. you know, we are, we're trying, we're, we're meeting them where they are and, and trying to give him those skills, but you know, like the pathways and, and I sit in IEP meetings all the time and we do, we ask students that, and I, it's always weird, but I'm like, especially when we have those meetings at the beginning of the year, like September, October, I'm like, we're having a meeting <laughs> about you being here, but honestly, we're talking about where you're going to wind up in four years and you yeah, right. just, you, you barely know your way around the high school, but we are now going to talk about what you're going to do after high school. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of times they don't know. And I think, um, we're both examples here of like what we wanted to do with our freshman year. We are not necessarily doing now. So not at all. Lots of, lots of time to like, to change and, and go a different path. But I would say that the skills that you learn in your ninth grade year or all throughout high school, you can apply just like how in college you can apply the skills you learn in all the classes that you take, you know, you might not need to go out there and, you know, recite, you know, something from your American history class, but you may have the skills, remember the skills of like, how do I research something or how yep. do I, you know, look for good information or yeah. where do I find things that are truthful? You know, I teach science mostly. And, you know, we're talking about that with students all the time. Like, what is, what do the stats mean? What do graphs mean? Like, and a lot of times they're not, they haven't been really exposed to that and been told like, Hey, this is like, you're getting information from here, 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 and here. Like, what's right, what's true. Like, and you're trying to teach kids to be able to process those skills. So there's so much going on in the ninth grade year. Um, you know, it's, it's almost a miracle that they make it through and they move on, but you know, there's so much growth and so much a, a chance for progress. Um, and one of the things that I like about my podcast is talking to kids at all different points of their ninth grade year and seeing what, what how they're successful, what are they doing? How can we, you know, help students and what can we tell them like, Hey, you want to focus on this. And it's not like that there's, you know, no pool on the fifth floor. Like obviously everyone gets that like, yeah. Oh yeah. Or in the that basement. kind of thing. Yeah. But like, what are some real things that like I do to be successful here at the high school? So that's, you know, I always like talking to kids and, and getting those perspectives because high school, when we were in freshman and like we said, 1995, 96 is definitely different than it is now for 2021. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna put a bug in your ear. Um, so I have been looking for some student perspectives. Um, so if you have any kids um, that have, you know, a big idea 
that would kind of fit. And it does, and and this is this goes to all the listeners out there. Like this doesn't have to be an earth shattering idea, but if you have an idea of improving education or um, a way that education could change the world, um, I would love for you to reach out to me. And I'm particularly, I'm really looking for some student voices too. So, Chris, if you have anybody um, at your school that you come across that's like like just just you know, just tells you like, we should do this in school. Okay. Send him my name. I'd love to have him on. Well, the, the newest episode of the podcast that we're putting up, it's actually going to go up on May 17th. Um, we're talking to students and it's a new organization in our school and it's called SOAR. It's Students Organizing Against Racism. Oh, cool. And it's a, this new uh, grouping and it's, you know, really trying to focus on a lot of the things that you've you've seen and heard about in the news over the last 18 months. And they're trying to figure out how can they help impact, you know, things that are going on within our school, within our district, within our community uh, in regards to like racism and race relations and, and those kinds of things. And it's really interesting, like to hear the students' perspective on that. And like, I, I did the interview with them on fr- this past Friday, a couple of days ago, and to listen to ninth graders speak so eloquently about things that are going on in their lives and what's impacting them. Like just to be able to hear them put their thoughts into words and to be able to like express to, you know, they've been in front of our school board. They've been in front of our superintendent. They've, they've talked to so many different people to be able to explain that. And, and I know it's not necessarily like the big education idea, but it's like one of those things where like, these are 14 year old kids that are feel comfortable and have gained the skills of like, talking to people and expressing ideas clearly. And that is like something that will last for them way longer than, you know, Y equals MX plus B, which is always my go-to. I I did a little algebra co-teaching at one point. So the slope of a line, I think, you know, I think a lot of adults could probably remember that right now and not tell you any idea what it means, but um, those, those skills that like our students can develop just, it's going to mean the world to them as they move forward. Awesome. So um, you have told us tonight that the freshman year is like super, super important for our kids. Like um, at like that one year of the high school experience that really sets the tone. So I'm going to ask before we start to uh, slide out of this episode, if you have maybe one or two specific things that, um, you know, if you were to be in charge of the freshman year, what would you make sure all kids in the freshman year are exposed to? The, the number one thing that we hear from our students that are successful is that they are involved in something. Yes. Um, whether it is an extracurricular, whether it's a sport, whether it's a, whatever, a club, an activity, getting involved for students is so critical their freshman year finding something because no matter what kind of kid you are when you get to high school there's going to be somebody that is like you whether yeah, you yeah. think that you are a right. you, there's no like one and of one like if you are into Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, got it. There are there are tons of kids that play that. Like I'm the advisor of the game club. Oh, cool. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the games I have, the game, the last game system I have in my house, we have a Nintendo Wii. But before that, I have an original Sega Genesis that I can still play if I can find the TV that I can hook into that was with me when I bought it in 1990, whatever. Sweet. Took it to college. Sonic the Hedgehog. So that's like, yep, I still have all the games with it. But 
they're those kids, they find somebody there that's like them, whether they play Magic the Gathering or yeah. Among Us or whatever they do, yeah. there's always somebody that's going to be somebody that you can identify with. And finding your people, finding your, you know, your group, finding your niche is probably the most important thing. And once you kind of get that connection, I think that's really, really critical. I, I don't know how you mandate that. I don't know how you encourage students. You know, if you're at a smaller school, like, you know, obviously your chances of playing sports are a little bit better, but like at our high school, like we have pretty awesome uh, athletic programs. Like our field hockey team is like number one in the country and they win state titles. And our coach is like in the hall of fame for field hockey. So like, if you want to play field hockey at our school, literally you come out of the womb and you're given a stick and you go like, there's lots of, you know, that's like, there's, we have a lot of that, but then there's also places where kids can just find their niche. And to me, like, that's the number one thing, find something you're involved in, find good friends, make good choices and kind of who you associate with yourself. Like, you know, the rule of like, you're, you're the sum of the five people you spend yeah. the most time that's with. Right. Like, right. it's, it's so true. Like if, you know, if you hang around with people that are doing the right thing, the odds are, is that you're probably going to do the right thing. And are there going to be some bumps in the road? Sure. They're kids, they're high school kids. That's what we expect. But like to be bumpy. when they're, when they're involved, they're busy, you know, it kind of cuts down on some of the other stuff. So to me, like, encouraging students to be involved in whatever way. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting too, when I talked to Jessica Leahy, she suggested that give freshmen real responsibilities in these organizations. And I don't, whether it's like a freshman club president or a freshman, like to make them feel like they're valued, not just like, Oh, they're the freshmen. Like they do the grunt work Yeah, right. Um, to give them real opportunities to have their voice heard. Um, so I think that is like my number one thing is I always, always, always try and encourage kids to get involved. And really that's what we see. We see the kids that are involved. It's like universal. Like every kid that is successful that I've had on the podcast is involved in more stuff than just coming to school learning and going home. Because right now, if, if anyone that's listening, I want you to just think back to your ninth grade year or to your 10th grade year or whatever you were in high school. The, the odds are, is you'll remember a person, you'll remember an event, you'll remember a club, you'll remember an organization, you'll remember the Friday night football game, the dance, the whatever. You will not really remember, unless you're so specifically into it, you're not going to remember the awesome algebra two lesson that opened the door for you. And it's no offense to our algebra no teachers. Offense. They do a great job, right? And, you know, it's really hard. And I know it sounds cliche because everyone says it, but at the same time, like think like I challenge you to kind of come up with that. So to me, getting involved is the best way to start off your freshman year. And even and just one thing, and maybe you don't like it. You, like our, our school has 80 different organizations that's to be a part of. Rad, so it's awesome rad. to be able to have that. So that's my tip. That's what I, we encourage all kids to do. So get involved, stay active, find your people. And that makes the big school small or the small school even smaller. And then you can, you're kind of off to the races. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about that I've gotten really passionate about is dropout prevention. And, um, I've been looking at statistics lately and, um, 80% of kids that are involved in some sort of extracurricular at their high school graduate on time. Um, so that just tells me exactly like you are saying a sense of belonging, 
um, is so, so important um, for our kids, but shoot, even for us. Um, one of the things- like how many I was Go gonna ahead. say, how many times do you hear about the kid that only likes coming to school because they play football or only likes coming to school because they're in the Every performance? Day. Like, and that's what it is. Like, if they find the thing and it's like, I have conversations with kids all the time, like to go do this, you need to do this. And they kind of get it and they play the game so that they can play the game. And that's, you know, it's, you know, I work with students also in that, you know, drop out like uh, extra credit, like recovery thing as yeah. well too. And it's like, a lot of them look back on their freshman year and it's like, man, if only I would have done ABC in my freshman year or taken a class seriously, like I wouldn't be in this position. So yeah, that dropout prevention thing is really critical, especially for that freshman year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so before we leave, I uh, just want to tell you, it has been a lot of fun um, talking about a subject. I'll be honest, I, I hadn't really thought about the importance of the freshman year until tonight. Um, but I am, and, and I mean this with all seriousness, I am walking away with a newfound appreciation for my freshies. And tomorrow, um, when I go into the building, I'm going to make it a point because I normally talk to as many of the kids as I can every single day, but I'm just going to ask them um, point blank. How's your freshman year going? What could we do to make it better? Because um, I'm I'm interested to hear. And, and, the, and the thing that you'll find is that kids, especially high school kids, are honest. Yeah, they'll tell you. Yeah. You know, they, they're not going to sugarcoat it. If it's not good, it's not good. And, you know, and that's something, and it's going to be hard if, you know, when we hear those things, but again, they're living it and that, you know, there's probably all sorts of things depending on how your school was this year. But again, it's like, you know, everyone's in it for the kids. Whenever you talk to any teacher and it's been a difficult year for all of us, I'm sure everyone's been in this situation. The thing we always come back to is that we're here for the kids, right? So if we don't listen to the kids, then what's the point of what we're doing? Amen. So, Amen, man. Three words um, that a good buddy of mine, Kevin Curtis, turned me on to um, and that I ascribe to tremendously is valued, seen, and heard. And I try my very, very best to make sure that every one of my students is valued. They are all seen and they are all heard every single day. So, Chris, I just want you to know you are very valued. Um, you have a, I think this podcast is an awesome, awesome, awesome idea. Um, so, you know, good luck on the future and good luck on the rest of your 2021 school year. Um, please reach out if there's anything I can do for you. Um, if you can I, can I make one final appeal to your to your listeners here? Appeal away. So one of the things that I am hoping to do, and maybe for next year. So you know, I'm like every Twitter uh educator, there's a book in me. There yeah. is a book. The journalist in me wants to write a book. There's a book in me. And here's my idea. My idea is following a student for an entire year during their freshman year. So what I'm in the process of trying to do is to try to find students across the country that may want to participate or schools that want to participate. So if you are listening, if you're an educator, if you are a teacher, if you are a student, if you are a parent, if you are 
somebody that knows somebody in ninth grade. If there's any interest or if you have a cool story, um, you can reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Chris Stuchko, C-H-R-I-S-S-T-U-C-H-K-O. Spell it out because there's no way that anyone will know how to spell right. it out. Right. But uh, I'm just, you know, I, I begin the process of reaching out. I've talked to a couple people about my idea. Um, I just think it's something that's, it, there's a book there. There's an yeah. idea there. And, you know, you're in Kentucky. I'm in Pennsylvania. There's probably people listening in all sorts of parts of the country. I've talked to some people. And if you have, if you know anyone that might be interested, that's kind of where I'm, I want to take the podcast and take that idea to out of my community and expand it. So again, any, if there's any, you know, if you hear this and you're like, wow, that would be kind of a cool thing to participate. Or if you're a, an administrator out there and you're like looking to, you know, gain a little foothold and, and whatever, um, I'm all ears to listen and we'll talk and hopefully that's it, you know, but again, uh, Ryan, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity here. I really enjoyed having a conversation with you here about all this cool stuff. And it's just cool. Like the power of education right now is that we're not, you know, I've heard this so many times is we don't just close the door and do it anymore. Like we can connect with all these people, you know, we can connect all around the country and all around, all around even the world as well too. So, you know, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity here to come on and I, I appreciate what you do and trying to get these big ideas out there and hopefully, you know, I don't know if you're going to be the guy that's going to do right, right now, you'll be up to 28 big ideas. So you got a lot of big ideas in front of you if you're going to take them on, but I appreciate you giving people the forum to share these ideas. Thank you, buddy. Very, very, very much. Um, yeah, it has been a wonderful night. So um, the state of purpose, the big ed idea is to connect the vision of one with the passion of another. And our boy, Chris has laid down, um, quite the vision of a book. So for all of those people out there listening, please, 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 let's get this rolling. Um, so we're going to close off like we have done many times before with a quote on dreaming. It's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. So to that, and to you out there in the edgesphere, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Big Ed Idea Podcast. See you next time. here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together Let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper. <laughs>